It's time for the SPN Bushy Show. Here's your host, SPN Bushy. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the SPN Bushy Show. Back after a New Year's uh, break, how was your New Year's, Bushy? Uh, New Year's was pretty good. Um, actually, I have to admit, I did not go to the party that I was going to, that I was talking about at the podcast or something like that. The roads were just too bad for me. And it just uh, really, after working at the restaurant, I had my tolerance to uh, driving in the snow compared to, you know, dr- driving in the snow. My tolerance was the patience had just worn off for me. Understandable. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it would it would have been fun too because I, I one of my friends actually, who, I mean, it would have been like watching a dog walk on its hind legs or something like that. I, I see a person in like a dress or something like that. Like it's just something you just couldn't fathom, you know? One of these Sounds people, like, I'm like, wow, you actually dress? You actually have a dress? Sounds like a crazy party. Yeah, it, it would have been it would have been a fun crazy party. Um, yeah, I, of course it would have been a rarity to see me in a suit. So I, I don't think anybody would. I, I think people would like to see that actually. Yeah, that'd been good. See you in a rocking a suit for New Year's. That feels fantastic. Yeah, rocking in a. You know what? I'll wait for your wedding for that. You know, to be honest. Yeah, I'll wait for your wedding to rock the suit. Yeah. <laughs> to keep rocking it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well. We'll look forward to that. That'll be great. Um, obviously, uh, fun New Year's Bowl games, too. I mean, that Rose Bowl was crazy. It was. I It really helped. Uh, I think it really helped, too, that the fact that the college football playoff games were just complete duds, like we thought. Very duds. Yeah, we did. We thought that – I mean, we thought maybe – we thought maybe Michigan, Georgia would be a little sexy, but it turned out to be a dud as well. We thought Alabama was definitely a superior team to Cincinnati, even though, yeah, we've been big Cincinnati supporters since this podcast has started. And, yeah, it was just really just a big dud. But the, the New Year's Bowls really, really helped, too. Like the Citrus Bowl was really good. The Fiesta Bowl was really good. Obviously, yeah, the Fiesta Rose Bowl, Bowl was great. the creme de la creme. Uh, the, the Sugar Bowl was kind of a disappointment uh, as well. I thought – I thought Ole Miss would, would play probably a little better. I mean, it didn't help, too, that they didn't have, like, their star quarterback, Matt Corral, as well. But, I mean, all in all, I mean, the bowl games on New Year's Day were amazing. Yeah, they were really good. I mean, I thought, yeah, the Fiesta Bowl of Notre Dame and Oklahoma State was really good. And, I mean, it proved, I think, the Big 12 was obviously a much better conference than we gave it credit for being. We did give it credit because they really they really dominated bowl season. I mean, they were one of the top bowl uh, conferences. Uh, yeah, they were five and two during the, uh, during the bowl season. I mean, that, that's probably as re- really good as you can get. I know the big 10 was six and four, but I mean, really, yeah, they, 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 they should be, they should be six and three, but really, I mean, they should be six and three. Yeah. I mean, because Rutgers of Rutgers. Gotten in, but I, I still don't I mean, know how Rutgers got in. <laughs> so you look at all the, uh, big 12 sec matchups. I mean, obviously K state smacked around LSU, uh, Baylor beating Ole Miss, like you mentioned, Oklahoma State getting the win over a good Notre Dame team in what was a really exciting game. So, I mean, really, you look at it, I mean, that's why it's why we need more teams, man. What would have happened if one of these Big 12 teams would have actually gotten a chance to play a meaningful game? Yeah, well, and two, uh, and two with uh, Oklahoma State, they did come back as well. So, that, you yeah. got to give them props for that as well. Coming back from 21 nothing. I mean, it looked like – 
that Fiesta Bowl was going to be one of those like, oh my God, it's just write it off Notre Dame. But no, Oklahoma State really fought back, came back and really took control of that game. Really from literally, the, probably from like two minutes to go in the second half on, they really dominated that game. They really did. I mean, they took over that game. It was good to see. I think it was, uh, you know, a really good showing by their quarterback, Spencer Sanders. And I mean, they they really came through. And I mean, I mean it, it was good, too, because I showed Andrea. It gave me an excuse to show Andrea the old Mike Gundy. I'm a man. I'm 40. Come after me, Clip. <laughs> it is such an amazing rant. Still amazing to this day, just watching it. And, yeah, and, and you know, you and I – you and I are, you know, we're, we're hitting, I mean, we're, we're, we're still far away, but we're inching really closer to that age as well. So I know you know, I we can't, can, I can can't wait till I get to say I'm a man, I'm 40 and actually mean it. <laughs> you can actually mean it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due. I mean, but is it a cause for concern with the Mike Freeman era? Really? I mean, they got off to no. the, they got off to this amazing lead and really they couldn't hold on to a 21 point lead. Um, it was his first game. I write it off as his first game. Uh, he gets a whole season now to really go back to the drawing board game plan. And it wasn't like he lost to some slouch team, too. Oklahoma State has some really good defense that really showed up in the second half. Yeah, well, you get you got to feel bad for him because really his yeah his first game it's a bowl game against Oklahoma State. Really a bit uh, really the 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 probably the top of the Big Ten really through the entire season really and it. They were really an inch away from maybe playing in the playoff game as well. So you have that. Same, and then same, with, uh, same with Notre Dame, too. Yeah, Notre same Dame with Notre right Dame. There, yeah. Same with Notre Dame. And then literally the and then literally his next game, it's gonna be at Columbus against Ohio State. So you're going up against probably, you know, basically the top team of the Big Twelve uh this year, and then maybe the top team in the Big Ten next year as well. So I mean that really crazy two games to start off for uh for the Marcus Freeman era for Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, obviously, that's going to be a great game with them and Ohio State. I mean, obviously, a lot's going to happen between now and then. But yeah, it, a lot, a lot will will change as well. So yeah, I mean, obviously, I think I think Freeman's a good hire. The players seem excited about him. I think it'll be very interesting to see. Like I said, once he gets a full off season and a little bit more time to game plan an opponent time to recruit some guys and time to really build what his identity of the program is going to look like. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully he can, uh, hopefully he can t- turn this bad negative into a positive for him. And then, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's looking up. I mean, you know, he's the Cincinnati defensive coordinator last year. Now he was the defense coordinator for Notre Dame this year. And now he's the head coach. I mean, it's just like, what a turn of events for two years for him. Absolutely, it really is. I mean, he's proven himself, obviously, at Cincinnati. Uh, the Notre Dame defense was very good this year, and it was great to see, like, an internal hire of them bringing someone up from the ground up. So, Yep, it, it's uh, great to see, and uh, we'll have to see. I mean, that Luke Fickle coaching tree is probably looking pretty good right now. It is. And, I mean, they, they were competitive with Alabama for a half. Let's, let's get that out of the way, too. Yeah, they, they were, were really definitely competitive with Alabama for a half. Yeah, they were. Def- they definitely probably were very competitive. They were. Competitive. Their defense kept them in it. Yeah, their defense kept them in it. Really, the offense really couldn't do anything as well. You, you definitely, right. you definitely saw the talent discrepancy as well. And you definitely, I think you saw really like the body type as well. I mean, some of these people, it looked like a varsity Gibbs TV team. It really did. I mean, the, uh, <laughs> the Alabama offensive line really stood strong in this game. 
the Alabama defensive line was a huge problem for the Cincinnati O-line. And once again, it was really one in the trenches there. Bless you. Oh, thank you. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm allergic to talking about Alabama. I'm praising Alabama. (laughs) Well, obviously, we get the rematch, Alabama versus Georgia. So you get your collusion matchup. Yep, my collusion matchup, really. I mean, it was just – it was a, it's a collusion, and, and you watch. Georgia's probably going to win this game and probably dominate Alabama, which would just even further my point of being a collusion. It would be funny. I mean, I hope they do because, I mean, I don't really want to see another Nick Saban championship, so. <laughs> we need a good, we need a good uh, scandal, really. That, that, that's what college football is kind of missing right now. We need a good scandal to really kind of take down this Alabama team. I mean, it's impressive, but like I said, dynasties bore me. So, yeah, and well, you can you can kind of see it uh, as well with the viewership. I mean, really, the viewership was kind of down uh, this year compared to last year. Uh, last year's game compared to this year's games, the viewership was down as well. And yeah, I mean, it's just like I think people are really starting to really get sick of it as well. And hopefully, this is a hopefully this is a good turning point for for expansion as well. I really hope so. Like I said, I think that. Uh, once again, I watched the uh, Notre Dame-Oklahoma State game with Andrea. He's not the biggest college football fan. She's a huge pro football fan, but not the biggest college football fan. So trying to explain to her why an 11-1 and team and an 11-2 and team are playing in a meaningless game instead of a playoff game really was difficult. That See, that's the best test right there. Yeah, like sport fans, yeah, we kind of understand – but yeah, obviously with your fiance who has really no knowledge of like the college football landscape, really. And it's just, I, I mean, maybe try to, it would have been great to maybe try to explain to her the, the old BCS system. That would have been fun. Oh yeah. That would have been, that would have been worse. But I mean, I guess it's good practice for trying to explain it to a child of, Hey, why aren't, why aren't those teams doing for the playoff daddy? Um, I don't know, but hopefully my kid gets at least an 18 playoff or. <laughs> yeah. An eight, 18, maybe hopefully. What would be a good number for you? Would it be like 12 or 16? I like 16. I think 16 would be the perfect, I think, amount I don't, I don't well. want buys, so give me 16 no buys. 16 no buys? 16 okay. no buys. Okay. You know, or, or maybe I, – I would be I would be okay with like uh, with 12 and maybe have the top two teams have a buy or something like that, you know, well, make the regular season a little bit – four teams get a buy, so. Oh. Yeah, I, I no, I, I would not be I would not be in favor of maybe like four teams get a buy. Maybe be in favor of two teams maybe getting a buy, because at least make the regular season at least a little bit relevant uh, for that. And you know to try to at least give you a little prize. Hey, you get a buy. You you, you get a buy as far as with that, and then you're you're well, placed on I mean, opposite sides of the bracket. Seating, though off of your regular season, like you get seeding. Yeah, you get seeding, and you'll get you'll get the home games as well. Uh, maybe maybe like a home game. Uh, too. So, so you'll have one team going to, but I think it'd be really, really interesting, uh, to kind of see about that, you know, seeing like one team go to Alabama and this team hasn't gone to Alabama or maybe like a team from like Alabama or something like that may have to go to like Iowa or Ohio state where it's cold as far as with that. I would love to see him play in the cold. That would be great. Seeing like an sec team, uh, mostly, mostly these kids have been in the South for most of their life, you know, and they, they're, yeah. you know, they're used to, yeah, they'll have a cold here or there, but it would be maybe a different kind of cold being up north. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this year if we'd have gone like one to sixteen with like the uh, playoff rankings, we'd had Alabama, Oklahoma in the first round. Tell me that matchup isn't sexy. 
Yeah, that would have been fun. And that would have been sexy. Yeah, who knows? I mean, would uh, Lincoln Riley still be in that thing? Let, let's just assume he left for USC. Yeah, Bob Seuss against Nick Saban. I mean, that would have been probably an interesting matchup. Give me that. I'd love to have seen that. Yeah, just give me that. I think it would have been a fun matchup as well. Uh, and, yeah, just, just an all-around decent matchup. And it's just like and having Oklahoma go to Alabama as well. I think that would have been fun as well. I mean, under the 16-team banner, I think that uh, Louisiana, the Raging Cajun, should have moved up. And then the 16 or 15 seed, uh, they they would have maybe gone against Michigan, which wasn't wouldn't have been maybe the sexiest matchup. Georgia-Oregon, that's pretty sexy. Uh, yeah, but, but Georgia, Georgia would – Cincinnati-BYU would have been an interesting one. It definitely would have gotten the yeah. – okay, we got, we got the non-Power 5 teams playing against each other, try to weed yeah. them out type of thing. So that, I would have been in favor of that matchup. Um, Oregon-Georgia would have been a slaughter given just how Oregon really sucked at the end of the season. I right. like that as well. But, yeah, I would have loved – Yeah, I think, yeah – I, I think you would have moved uh, probably Oklahoma to uh, for 15. I think they probably would have played Michigan. Um, and then, no, yeah, leave have, them at 16 because I want the Alabama-Oklahoma matchup. <laughs> would have been sexy. Alabama-Oklahoma, no, they, that would have been the prize. You would have got to play Louisiana. You would have got to play the Raging Cajuns. That's like that one against 64 or something like that, you know, where you have, uh, you know, Gonzaga against, you know, St. Mary's Home of the Blind or like North Texas State or something like that. Right. So, and you would have still had Ohio State Utah. Obviously, we saw that was an amazing game. Yeah, it would have. It was an amazing game, but uh, with Utah, yeah, Ohio State would have been the higher seed. So, right, uh, yeah. So you would have had it in Columbus. So that would have been a really. Well, interesting I'm not saying game. that you necessarily travel. Like you could still call it the Rose Bowl game and have it in Pasadena. I, I but it's mean, not like Utah's warm either. So I mean, I don't yeah. think that's gonna throw off Utah that much. Yeah, that would have thrown Utah or something like that. It wouldn't have thrown off Utah. It would have. I mean, Utah's basically the same elevation that you guys are. Yeah, they're the same. Uh, they're the same as well. But I would have enjoyed too if uh, if a game was played in like Colorado or something like that. Given sure you know you how, oh oh that would have been fun. You know, seeing a team like Alabama or something like that. Seeing a team or Georgia against Michigan or something like that, having a team play and they're playing in crappy weather where it's snowing and it's cold or something like that. I think Michigan would I think Michigan would have thrived off of that. Well, yeah, because they could only run the football. So yeah, bad weather would have forced Georgia to not kick the crap out of them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that probably would have been an interesting thing. Yeah, I mean, it just have people kind of maybe slipping and sliding. Uh, yeah. as well because yeah i mean it was snowing here in colorado so i think that would have been fun to to kind of see that and see what would happen to see maybe weather takes an effect and just have like the sec probably the sec country people get really upset it's like how is this game played in colorado oh man we were such a good team and we had to play in this crappy weather game where it snowed and it was cold mm-hmm. that's the problem I think you're yeah, just selfishly cold- wishing for a bowl game there I am. I'm. I. You know. I mean. Seriously. If they're putting it. If they're putting it in all these. All these. You know. You know. They're putting it in Boston and New York. I mean, how come Boise gets a bowl game, but not Denver? Really? Well, get okay, rich I, and sponsor a bowl game there, Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> the SP and Bushy Denver Bowl or something like that. Let's get yeah. it. Come on. <laughs> the Chipotle Burrito Bowl. Come on. Yep. We'll get Chipotle. Get him. Put the Chipotle Burrito Bowl in Denver. Let's go. Hey, I'd be I'd be all for it, but I mean I don't think it. Like I said where where these sixteen teams would play doesn't matter to me so much as just that it gets expanded. 
Well, I think that would have been a cool thing too, because then you could have maybe a showcased uh, like a different team, like you do with like the NCAA. Like they put them in different regions as well, and they put them in different places. Uh, you know, obviously with the first four in Dayton, but then uh, yeah. But I feel like uh, that that would be interesting. Put them in like different places. Have like one team playing like KC or something like that. Have one team playing like Denver. Have one team playing New York. Right. Have one seat. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see these. Well, I mean, I want to see it maybe, like, be a rotating thing like it is for the NCAA tournament. Maybe, you know, you apply and then you get a couple of games in a spot. Yeah, like, I, I don't think we would be, like, a like an orange ball or, like, a rose ball type of thing, but it definitely, like, a first like a first week matchup or something like that. Definitely. I think Denver would be perfect for that. Yeah, it would they're, be. They're, they're perfect for that, for the first-round matchup, for, for the NCAA, for the NCAA tournament. I think it would be perfect for, for that kind of matchup as well. Yep. Yeah, get you know, and then Vegas, Rose Bowl, Orange Bowl, Fiesta Bowl. They can they can all have they can all yeah. Sugar Bowl. Like I said, I think I think you're just desperate for meaningful games, meaningful college football games to be played in Colorado in December. Yeah, and like cold weather cities too. I think I think that's the thing. Cold weather cities get kind of the shaft, I think, when when it comes to these bowl games. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah, because I know it's just like they're all they're all in like Orlando and especially the New Year's game, like the Outback Bowl. Seriously, there were three bowl. Yeah, there were like there were like three bowl games in in Florida. Yeah, that's that's why is because they want to be playing in nice weather and not the snow that we had here. Yeah, not the snow and the cold. Yeah, we're literally we had an entire month where like no snow and then finally it snows. <laughs> it snows on that one day. I just, I just want Alabama and Georgia to be playing in Buffalo next week. That would be that's great. what I want. Yeah, that's where, that's where they should be playing. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I want. I want to see Nick. Yeah, Nick Saban, if you're a great coach, co- coach in Buffalo. Honestly, I think that would benefit Alabama more than it would Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> you think so? I mean, I that, that would be interesting. I think Alabama's a better in the trenches kind of team, which the snow and crap would force them to be force that game to be. Oh, well, I think it would I think both these fences are really good. I I uh, I think Georgia's front seven is really good as well. So yeah. that would that would have been really cool. So yeah, it could have been it could have been like a three nothing, six three game and everybody would be get, getting so mad because just like, oh. But I'm like, that's football. <laughs> Playing like Philadelphia or something like that as well. Yeah, maybe. Let's go something crazy. Yeah, let's play in, like, Philadelphia. Yeah. Let's go a little crazy sometimes. Well, I mean, that's all the thoughts I had on the bowl system. Do you have anything else? No, um, I'm just a little upset. You kicked my butt. Uh, we were talking about this before we started recording. You were kicking my butt as far as with the head-to-head matchups. What was, what was the final there? Uh, really? Uh, all right. Uh, all right. Since we started, uh, we both won with the Ar- Missouri Army game with Armed Forces Bowl. Yep. We both lost with North Texas against in the Frisco Football Classic. Mm-hmm. We both won with uh, Central Florida beating up on Florida in the Gasparilla Bowl. So, hats off to hats off to us for that. Yep. We we were on that. You beat me in the Camellia Bowl uh, with Georgia State. I picked Ball State. Then again, it was one of those uh, the the coin the coin uh, kicked my butt. The coin lost me for that one. But then I uh, but, 
Yeah. <laughs> you beat the coin. Let's put it that way. Sure. <laughs> but then our hey, game, I think Georgia State without flipping a coin. Go Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the quick lane ball, uh, Western Michigan against Nevada. Um, I won that with Western Michigan. You picked Nevada. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both lost in the Birmingham Bowl, both picking Auburn. Well, it was a home game for him. Yeah, we thought it was going to be a home game. Uh, we both won with the uh, first responders ball with picking Air Force over Louisville. Mm-hmm. With uh, Air Force actually strangely using the air attack. Usually it's a ground attack team. But, no, they were throwing the ball on Louisville. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah definitely a little surprising there. A little surprising on that. Uh, we both we both with really on the Liberty Bowl with uh, Mississippi State, Texas Tech. Texas Tech dominated that game. Uh, from well, start to going finish. back we thought, to it, I think we both underestimated the Big 12, but go on. Yeah, we both underestimated and We thought maybe it was a Mike Leach revenge game, uh, but no. I mean, Texas Tech really came in and really dominated that game. Uh, we both won with the uh, guarantee rate uh, bowl. Uh, uh, one of the Big 12's non-showings uh, with, with uh, West Virginia against Minnesota. Right. Uh, beat you in the pinstripe bowl with uh, Maryland uh, top lane Virginia Tech. Yeah. <laughs> that was a bad bowl, but you know what happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, you beat me with the Cheez-It Bowl. Uh, with, uh, actually, no, we, we both won the Cheez-It Bowl. Okay. Uh, we both picked Clemson over Iowa State. That, okay. that helped. That turned out to be good. Um, you crushed me in the Alamo Bowl. Uh, you picked right. Oklahoma. I picked Oregon. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then you crushed me on the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Yeah. Uh, you picked South Carolina. I picked North Carolina. The Battle uh, of the Carolinas. The right Carolina. North Carolina has been writing, letting us down all season. Yeah, I, I, sh- I should have known. But it's same with South Carolina. I felt like South Carolina wasn't very good as well. Yeah. They got a couple of big wins. but South Carolina is on the way up. North, North Carolina is on the way down. That is true. Did you enjoy seeing the, uh, the, enjoy seeing the coach get dunked in Mayo? No. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't watch it for the Mayo. I actually did. I, that was the only time I've seen a, a post game, like a like the post game show. You know, they they kind of promote it after. It's like watch the trophy presentation. You know, on the app, I, I immediately turned to the app because I wanted to see uh, the the uh, the coach get stuck in Mayo. Actually, he almost got a concussion too because he got hit in the back of the head as well. I, th- I think it's a horrible and dangerous idea. <laughs> Uh, you beat me with the Music City Bowl. You picked Purdue. I picked Tennessee. Uh, yep. A really, really exciting game, which actually probably turned out to be one of the best non-like New Year's Six bowl games. Actually, was that Purdue Tennessee game? Yeah, it was a great game. It was a fun game, obviously with a controversial finish. Um, you know, but that, that's that's what uh, that's what Tennessee gets, I guess. With uh, that's what Tennessee gets for you know throwing mustard on the on the field because of yep. the refs. You know, that's just that's just crime and punishment for them. Yeah, I think we talked about it last week. Yeah. Uh, the Peach Bowl, uh, you beat me with uh, Michigan State and with Pitt. Yep. Actually, Pitt just, was okay in that game, you. but Michigan State really helped. Yeah. I just keep beating you. Yeah. Uh, we both won with Wisconsin against Arizona State. We thought Pac-12 stunk. Uh, Arizona State overrated. Uh, we both won with the Cotton Bowl, picking Alabama. You beat me in the Orange Bowl. I thought Michigan would probably put up a bigger fight than than they than they showed. They had no fight. They had no fight at all. Uh, we won on the Outback Bowl, baby. Bloomin' Onions win. 
Woohoo! I need to go get my blooming onion. Get, get, go get that blooming onion. Yeah, with uh, Penn State and Arkansas. Arkansas with the big W. Uh, I pick up a W with uh, Iowa against Kentucky. I pick Kentucky. You picked Iowa. Really? I thought I picked Kentucky. All right. Nope, you picked Iowa. Okay. That was actually really. That was actually a really good game. I enjoyed that. I was flipping back and forth through this and the Fiesta Bowl as well, which you which you did gain gain back on me. You picked Oklahoma State. I picked Notre Dame. Yep. You got me on that one. We did underestimate the Big Twelve. Uh, Rose Bowl. I gained I gained one back at you. Um, I picked Ohio State. You picked Utah. We have that. We both took L's with the Sugar Bowl uh, as well. But but again, I I feel like how different that game would be if Matt Carell actually played the entire game. Yeah, who knows? That one obviously was an interesting one. But Baylor is a team that finished the year hot. Um, like I said, I think had this been a playoff situation, Baylor might have been a team to watch out for. They had a good defense. I mean, they played well throughout. I think they could have done something. Yeah, they could have done something. They really could have been one of that sneaky teams that kind of maybe makes it to the championship game if they get a nice run, if they had, like, the expanded playoffs that we talked about. Who were they Who were they played? Uh, they would have played uh, mm-hmm. Michigan State. That would have been a very right. good game. I would yeah, have been very a... intrigued on that one. Yeah, See, this exactly. is why you need the expanded playoffs because we just kind of showed you all these games and we're like, wow, that would have been a good game. I would have right. been in favor of that. <clears throat> and instead of playing uh, Baylor, Ole Miss would have played Oklahoma State, which would have been interesting. That would have been a good game as well. Uh, that Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, and yeah, then I guess you, who knows because then you like pick this Kenny Pickett play. Does uh, Walker from Michigan State play? Does that mean some of these guys actually play game? Play the game? I think they do. I think they do as well uh, if they if they did play. That's that's what I'm saying. You have all these analysts that are complaining about uh, the players skipping the bowl games. Then, like I said, make those games mean something. Yeah, make those games mean something. Um, yeah, it would have been much. It would have been fun, and it would have been fun to see. You know. Kenneth Walker against that Baylor defense that was really good and really stout. So that would have been fun. And then, you know, having Kenny Pickett against Ole Miss as uh, well. Kenny that would have been against Notre Dame, but he still would have played. Oh, Kenny played Pickett that. against Notre Dame. Pitt against Notre Dame. That would have been fun. Give me that. Yeah, absolutely. That would have been a fun matchup. It, it would have been a fun, fun – or, yeah, it would have been fun to see Oklahoma State against Ole Miss. That would have been – it's just two teams that you never thought would be – playing against each other that never in a hundred years would play against each other at all that's what i love about the bowl games it's just seeing two teams that you never thought of and then you would have gotten like i said the preview of oklahoma in the big 12 by having them play against um alabama which would have been weight which would have been fun oh you mean the sec yeah (laughs) yeah it it would have been fun yeah We'll, we'll we'll just have to wait and see for another five years yeah probably maybe we'll get eight soon (laughs) <laughs> I, I I still don't understand why they d- haven't done the expansion. It's really just a frustrating thing. There, There's no reason not to. Like I said, if you want players, if you want the best players to play past the end of the regular season, then like I said, ha- have these bowl games mean something. Have these bowl games mean something or m- at least make it a 16 16- – team playoff you know maybe you get the home game and then you and then you go to the neutral sites after maybe the first round yeah yeah that would be great yeah just just do that i feel like there's a formula that could work Uh, anything's got to be better than four teams yeah i mean four teams is better than two teams but still 
four teams is better than two teams, and then uh, two teams, you know, two teams is better than basically either AP or uh, USA Today or API poll. Just give me more meaningful games. Yeah, that's all we ask for: meaningful games. And it's just we're really, it really, we're sick and tired of seeing the like all you know, basically like this merry-go-round of like the four teams that we're playing. Right. So, like your Clemson's, your Ohio State's, your Alabama's, your Georgia's. Yeah. I mean, I was honestly excited because we got two new teams in there in Cincinnati and Michigan. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's what we just want. We just want new. We want variety. And, and more, and, more teams and more meaningful games is always more exciting. Yeah. Like more said, teams. March more Madness meaningful is games. the best. It's got it figured out. It's been the best for a long time. And uh, it doesn't need fixing. And so I think that's what football needs to replicate. Yeah, it just, it, it just needs to fix. I, there's a formula. Get it done. Approve it. You can get it done. Really, you have, an, you have the NIL deal now, which really was just saying that, oh, we don't really, you know, uh, guess, I guess schooling really doesn't care so much. Right. Well, anyway, yeah. I want to talk some hockey because we feel like we haven't talked any hockey. <laughs> I know, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just uh, really football is just really taking taking its uh, really just taking a front load. Yeah, well, I think I want to talk some hockey. Let's talk about how bad the Montreal Canadiens turned out to be this year. I did not. Uh, we we both kind of knew going into the season during our NHL preview. We thought that 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 playoff run that they had was sort of a fluke. Um, like we thought, I didn't think out. it was that big of a fluke that they'd be like the worst team in the Eastern Conference. That is true. We did not think they would have like this really just this amazing fall from grace as well. But it's just like, we knew they we knew they were a bad team. They just they were really in the cup out. last year. They weren't this bad. I didn't think they were going to have a fall from grace like this. Yeah, uh, but we thought they were definitely a bad team. They just really lucked out by the division that they were in with the Canada division. They still uh, beat the. Uh, they still beat the Golden Knights. I know it. It, it really was just a really. It was just a team that got hot at the right time, and now they're seeing the they're seeing the fall from grace. I guess if you say so. <laughs> I know. I mean, like I said, I, I I feel like if we go back and listen to that AHL preview, I don't think we predicted anything like this happening to them. I think I think I was a little more harsher on the Montreal Canadiens than I think you were. Yeah, I think you were. I'm I'm shocked by it. I mean, the Islanders have been a good team in the past few years. They've slipped, too. I mean, I think we all – I'm dead wrong on that. I'm dead wrong on that one. I, I will admit to that one. I, I thought they would probably be the first in their division. Uh, I'm dead wrong on that one. <laughs> I mean, and, and I mean, you were predicting this downfall of the Golden Knights, and they are first in their division. But, I mean, if you look at it, the Kraken and the Coyotes, I mean, that was kind of predictable. We predicted they would be bad, but – yeah. Well, we, we thought we thought uh, we thought the Ducks would be you know kind of bad as well, but yeah, they're, we hey, did. they're they're the, they're second in the Pacific Division right now. They're playing really good hockey right now. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're they're actually a really good team. Troy Terry is really starting to blossom into like this star as well. They are. I mean, it's kind of good to see them kind of coming back around and getting good again. Yeah, getting good again, and uh, yeah, uh, I mean the Canucks. Uh, they had a they had a really slow start to the season, but obviously now with their with with new coach Bruce Boudreau, they they're starting to get their maybe their act together. I mean, they could definitely we could definitely see them as a second half team that maybe kind of turns it around. 
as well. And or, maybe get or a maybe the week. new coach effect will wear off and they start slipping again. <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, it's just, I mean, you have the disappointing team with the Canucks and you have a disappointing coach, Bruce Brugeau. It's a match made in heaven of disappointment. It is. And it looks like the Minnesota Wild are cooling off. Yeah, they're cooling off as well. Uh, uh, you have you have the Avs right there at like 40 points, really. I mean, they were really. I mean, they 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 had the little COVID uh, break, but it sounds like they're they're starting to come back as well. And they, I re, really they can really take a stranglehold on this division. Yeah, as well. I mean, they, and, they, and they were playing really chance. good. And then you have like the Chicago Blackhawks uh, bandwagon that is definitely completely off the rails now, and all those people that were cheering for the Blackhawks five years ago are now nowhere to be found. Yeah, nowhere to be found. And They're counting on the days till cup season. <laughs> Even no, no, it's the White Sox season now. Okay, the White Sox are the hot team. It's not the Cubs. Remember that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, uh, the shocking uh, team were the, uh, really is the Predators right now. I mean, we thought they'd be, we thought they would be like a fringe team right now. Um, yeah. Again, again, the season's still pretty long as well. Um, obviously, now they're going to have to. But I mean, if you're games. doing the top five, Predators would have to be in the top five right now. Yeah, they they are. They're playing really good right now. They're eight one and one in their last ten games and won two in a row. Uh, really, with a nice goal for differential, uh, goal for goal against. You know, really, I mean, they you know they're they're putting the puck in the net. That's the key. Yeah, they're they're putting the puck in the net and they're really keeping the puck out as well. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see with them. Maybe, maybe they kind of tail off a little bit. But yeah, they're playing really good right now. And uh, same with like the Rangers as well. I, I mean, even though yeah, their last ten, they're five, four, and one. But they, but they're on a three-game winning streak as well. And the Rangers are really been a really good team right now. They really have, and I think that they've been a kind of a surprise when the division shook up. I mean, the Rangers didn't look like they were poised to have this uh, be in this spot. So, I mean, with them and the Predators, you got a couple of surprising division leaders right now. Surprising division leaders as well. And uh, and then, obviously, you have up the top the Lightning right now. And really, they're, they're not going away soon. No. They've, they've been built for a good run, and they're making that run. They're making that run, and uh, that's really good. And uh, the Sabres, they had a nice little start to the season. Uh, but then, obviously, they turned back to being the Sabres as well. So, they, it's probably going to be them against the Canadians, really, on who's going to be probably the worst team. Oh, no, the Ottawa Senators are still in that mix, too. Yeah, that is true. The Senators are in that mix. But I, I feel like they have talent. It's just that talent needs to grow and kind of be together and kind of grow up. I feel like the Senators have, like, a good team in place. Uh, they just need to maybe draft a couple of more pieces as well. It's definitely a team on the up. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that would make sense. Not, not so much for this year, but definitely, like, next year. Yeah. And now Bushy, uh, obviously later this week, is returning to working at the hockey uh, stadium. How are you? How are you feeling about that? It's actually going to be my first game. Actually, my first hockey game working since. Uh, and actually, the first hockey game I've been a part of in like the arena since the day the world stopped. Oh, I worked. Wow. I worked that Avalanche Rangers game. Uh, I think it was like March 11th of 2020. And that was like the day Rudy Gobert tested positive for COVID, and and then everybody. It's all you know, fucking Rudy Gobert's fault. Yeah, it's all Rudy Gobert's fault, really. I mean, he's he's patient zero. Yeah, because yeah. remember the day before he was touching all the microphones. He, I think he was licking the microphones as well. So. He was. 
<laughs> it's just, yeah, but that was my last game I worked and the last hockey game I, I've been, I've been to since, since that uh, fateful day. So I, I'm very, very excited to be working and being, being at the arena again and seeing, and seeing these Avs team uh, kind of up close and personal. I mean, I'll be watching the game probably, uh, or at least some of the game on the TV, but I'm very excited to see this Avs team. I really am because they, they were fun and they've been playing really well uh, as of late. And, Good God! I mean, did you watch? Did you see that Kale McCarr goal yesterday? Oh my God! It was sick. I mean, it, it, it's just like amazing. Like, oh my God! What an amazing game! Like that was just amazing. I mean, it's just it, it's one of the craziest. That was just like an insane goal. Oh, it was! It was an amazing goal, an amazing move. He stops along the boards, cuts back to the goalie, and then just puts it on him. Beautiful play. I mean, I've watched it at least probably 20, 25 times now, and it's just – it still amazes me just how amazing it is. I mean, it, 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 you know it was an amazing goal when the announcers and the when the announcers are going crazy. Uh, obviously, it was a nationally televised game, so you had the ESPN, you had the ESPN announcers. But, my God, it, even then they were going like, holy crap, what a goal. You know that's a great goal. They're going, wow, what a goal. That was a hell of a goal. It really Absolutely. was. It was a hell of a goal. I mean, it, it's just, it, and it's been great, you know, ever since they've gotten back from the, from the COVID breaks, so it's been like a couple of weeks. It's just great, really. I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, really all I had to stuck through is watching kind of the, you know, middly nuggets, which is, you know, sometimes they look good. Sometimes they look bad. And then obviously the Broncos falling off a cliff as well. And then, yeah, but it's just, it's been a, it's been a beacon of light really has been watching the apps. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, obviously the Broncos are horrible. We've talked about it ad nauseum. Hopefully the moves get made after this final week. Hopefully the moves get made. Hopefully next week we can talk and we can celebrate. We can pop the champagne or pop some, you know, get those little poppers that we had as kids as well to I celebrate mean, the end of the Vic I, I, will, I will air toast you if they fire uh, Vic Fangio. <laughs> oh, my God. That, I will air toast you. I will with a drink. Um, I will uh, like drink up big time. Like I will celebrate. <laughs> we will have to pick up a drink of choice. Yeah, we would have to. I pick might a go drink full of- stone cold and just slam them. <laughs> slam a couple of Coors Lights. Yeah, just slam them together and toss them back. <laughs> One beer is not that. enough to celebrate getting rid of Vic Fangio. You need two beers. <laughs> we need two beers. Because uh, ironically, be, less beers than you need to watch a game coached by Vic Fangio. I mean, I'm going to the game on Saturday, so the, the only positive I have that it's on a Saturday, it's just one day, one day less, uh, one day less to the season, really. And I mean, you season. can you can really enjoy Red Zone then on Sunday if the game's out of the way on Saturday. Yeah, the game's out. I can enjoy Red Zone. I can watch the games. Um, really, I mean, it's just. Really, there's not a lot of sexy – really, there's not a lot of, like, sexy matchups. Really, the only sexy matchup is Chargers against Raiders, and that's really for the seventh playoff spot, really. Like, all the divisions are kind of locked up, really, basically. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not that excited for the final week. But, I mean, I, I mean I'm still going to watch it. Obviously, it's going to be a lot of fun. And then next week we'll break down who's in the playoffs and who's not. Yeah, uh, really, all we need now is another Antonio Brown scenario where somebody just walks <laughs> off the locker room, you know? <laughs> I, I think it was hilarious, obviously. He is like I, – I thought he went full bash brother there. 
I, it was insane. I just couldn't believe it. Like, it's just like, oh, oh, okay. He did it and again. And then immediately, as soon as he's gone, they get better. <laughs> yes. He, he, he was the beacon. Yeah, he was the beacon of hope for that. It's just, it's just frustrating too. It's just like, you know, it's just like, you know, there's a lot of backlash now, you know, obviously there's, you know, a lot of people are getting mad at him, you know, but, but, but there's just like, there's like a backlash. It's just like, Oh man, this guy's clearly like unstable or something like that. I'm like, okay then, but he keeps getting chance after chance after chance. Right. You know? I mean, it's all the, like, it's, it's all like the Josh Gordon syndrome, you know, it's just like, Josh, how many times does Josh Gordon have done something? Sometimes you right. just got to cut your losses and be like, get rid of this. Right. I mean, come on. that. I mean, he keeps getting chance after chance despite being a nutbag. So get rid of him. Yeah, he yeah he keeps getting chance after chance after chance. And with and when Tom Brady and Bruce Arians are done with you, you're done. Really, that's it. Ball game is over for you. Ball game's over. I think I think this is the last stint. This is the last we'll probably see of uh, of Antonio Brown. So we'll, you know that that's a good thing. Yep, absolutely, it's a great thing. Yeah, and and it's just a shame too because he really was a good wide receiver. But yeah, he just. He slowly turned into like this diva esque receiver. Yeah, you know, sure at, least, at least with T.O. and Chad Johnson were like divas or something like that. At least they backed it up. You know, when yeah. when when Antonio Brown became a full blown diva, his career really went downhill. Right, he's got one Madden cover and like one or two good seasons. That's all he's ever done. Yeah, that that's it. Like and to, or, uh, T.O. and uh, like Randy Moss and some of these other guys that are divas, like they're at least Hall of Famers. Yeah, they're Hall of Famers, and, and they backed up and they backed up their things. They backed right. up. They were really good wide receivers, and they played an era too. Where, yeah, where he got the knock, where he got the knock out of him. Yeah, and they and, and but all those three guys played in an era where that you could get light up by a linebacker, and they right. wouldn't throw a flag. Right, like I said, this guy Antonio Brown is not like he had what I'm looking it up now, but it feels like he had like what maybe one or two good seasons. Yeah, to, yeah, he had, uh, yeah, probably from like fifteen to like probably like fifteen to eighteen, yeah. So we're looking at probably like four seasons where he had where he had a really good stats. Okay, yeah, I guess, I guess probably whenever whenever he left the Steelers, he had six consecutive uh, one thousand yard seasons. And then after Seven that, years. really, it, it really probably there's probably a big drop off, right? Oh yeah, huge drop off. Yeah, that's the thing. Like it's just like a huge drop off. And like I, I like the meme, and that might be the meme of the week is the uh, uh, meme of Mike Tomlin being able to tolerate Antonio Brown for seven seasons. Like he is the best coach in the world because of that. <laughs> oh, also, what a, what a lucky, what a lucky person to have that tie against the Lions. Really, I mean, they should have lost that game. They really should have a, or they should be on the brink of maybe a losing season or something like that. <laughs> but Amen. no, they're gonna they're gonna somehow go eight eight and one. I mean, we talked about it in the football preview during our football preview. I'm really kind of anxious. I may have to re-listen that to see how our over unders went. Yeah, we might have to see how we did. I think obviously we seriously underestimated the Eagles, who have a chance to make the playoffs. We did. Uh, I, I think we were good as far as with the bad teams. You know, like like your Lions, the Texans, right. uh, yeah, the Jaguars. We need to be good on the bad teams. Yeah, we did good on the bad teams. Yeah, but it's just like I, I think we were really wrong on Cincinnati. Well, I think go, we, yeah, we'll go we'll go through it and we'll uh, we'll report back on that next week. Yeah. Said, next week we'll talk a lot of NFL. And we were definitely wrong on the Broncos. We thought this was a ten win team, but obviously yeah. Vic Fangio prevented the schedule that. supported that. 
yeah, the schedule supported that. And then, yeah. Like I said, we'll go through and we'll break it all down next week. I want to take it off the rails a little bit. Okay, let's go. I was watching the uh, This Is Us. Like, I'm catching up on that show. And it was, like, the most random thing last night. They had, like, uh, the episode I was watching, I'm a few seasons behind. But uh, it's a good show. But, like, they took them when they were kids to go get a John Smiley autographed baseball card. Do you remember John Smiley? No, I have no recollection of John Smiley. I I remember John Smiley, but uh, like I said, he was a big pitcher in the 90s. He was a two-time All-Star and a wins leader. So I was like, okay, like what is the most random person you could reference from like 90s baseball? And like John Smiley would definitely fit the bill. It would, yes. <laughs> John Smiley, I, I, I do remember that episode, but yeah, I don't, I don't remember John Smiley at all. And I'm just like, wow, that's just like a random, yeah. So anyway, that got me, that got me going down like the, uh, the rabbit hole of obviously randomness. And so right now I'm looking at the 1997 Cincinnati Reds roster. It Let's was go. the last I'm year ready. that John Smiley pitched in the league. <laughs> I'm reading it. All right. I'm looking at it right now. I'm cr- I'm right. ready. <laughs> let's let's just look at some of these names on this list. I mean, you had Deion Sanders playing for this team. When he was playing baseball, you had Deion Sanders and Reggie Sanders on the same team. You you have one of my favorite names ever in Pokey Reese at shortstop. Like I just love the name of po- I I just love Pokey Reese. Pokey Reese obviously a great one. One of my favorite names is Eddie Taubensy, who was a catcher for him. Yeah, and you have Barry Larkin, like, at really at the last stage, really, of his career. Um, really, well, with that, it's just like, oh, man. Oh, Willie Green. Jeez, I forgot about Willie that name. Willie Green, Hal Morris. Like, I remember, like, Eddie Taubensy and Hal Morris, like, always gave me a bunch of, like, they were so hard to get out in, like, base, in video game baseball. For some reason, they were really hard to get out. You have that, uh, Brett Boone, like Brett Boone, yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh like I said, this is a solid team that ended up finishing third in that division. So John, yeah, you have you have John Smiley, Jeff Shaw, <laughs> Brett oh Tomko. Oh, oh my God! No way, Dan Belinda. Oh, they, they have a different type. So they have, a, they actually have a guy on the roster named Pedro Martinez, but it's not that Pedro Martinez. No, it's not the good Pedro Martinez. It's not the good Pedro. It's the other Pedro. It's like, yeah, it's that, yeah. It's the, it's like the Amazon wish uh, comp- uh, meme. So, yeah. So on top of that, you have Damian Jackson too, who's like most famous moment was knocking out, getting knocked out in the world series when he ran into Johnny Damon. But another guy I want to talk about, I got Mike Remlinger. I got his autograph once at a Rockies game. Jesus. Oh, man. Brett, Brett Tomko. God, love that Brett name. Brett Tomko. Gabe White. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. Gabe I love White, it. I just great. clicked on his Wikipedia page, and he owns the distinction of giving up the final hit of Tony Gwynn's career. You know what? That's actually a good. That's actually a good, good thing to be part of. Yeah. Hey, I so, gave up the last hit to a Hall of Famer. 
The Cincinnati Reds are like a family organization because they have both Aaron and Brett Boone on this team. They have both Dion and Reggie Sanders on this team. Obviously, they're not related, but. And then they have Pete Rose Jr. on this team. Is he banned from baseball? <laughs> he is. <laughs> so Pete Rose uh, Jr. debuted. I clicked on his Wikipedia page. He debuted for the Reds in September 1st of 1997. His last MLB appearance is September 28th of 1997. So he played all of one month in the big leagues. There you go. Hey, he got to the show. Pete Rose Jr. Pete Rose Jr. got to the show. <laughs> and that was it. He played almost 2,000 career minor league games, and he played 11 games as a member of the Reds. Okay, I'm doing I'm doing a deep dive too. Uh, I'm looking at the 1997 Seattle Mariners. Oh yeah, what's that? Oh my God. <laughs> oh man, let's see. They had wow. a stacked team back then. I remember they, they had Jay Buhner, who was like one of my favorite non-Rockies of all time. Jay Buhner. You had Edgar Martinez, his DH. You had Ken Griffey Jr. Basically in the prime of his career. Yep. He had, you what, have A Rod at the, that year. What? He had like 50 home runs that year. Uh, yeah, he had 56 home runs. Yeah. A-Rod. Jay Buter had 40 home runs that year. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they had uh, Paul Sorrento. Paul Sorrento. Paul Sorrento, yeah. A-Rod, though. You got to talk about A-Rod. Yeah, you have A-Rod, really young A-Rod, too. Yeah. Joey like Cora. He's getting was... ready to, like, kind of break out that year. Yeah, and you have Joey Cora, too, which is always, like, I don't know why I always remember him. Like, when you think right. of the Seattle Mariners, you know, besides of, like, you know, your Randy Johnsons, your Edgar Martinez, I always think of Joey Cora for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> I, always, I always love it. Like, were you a big Seinfeld guy? No. Nah, uh, yeah. I love, like, the thing when, like, uh, like, they think that George is dead and George Steinbrenner goes to his parents' house to tell him that George is dead <laughs> and he, the dad instead of like worrying about his son being dead is like what the hell did you trade Jay Buna for <laughs> he's got a cannon for an arm he had 40 home runs last year you don't know what you're doing oh my god yeah they had Raul, Raul Abanias he must have been a rookie that year because I feel like he had two different stints with the Mariners yeah age 25 yeah oh yeah he I guess he debuted in 96 Let's see here. Yeah, uh, Jeff. Jeff. Yeah, Jamie Moyer at the ripe age of thirty-four. That was right in his prime, baby. Right in his prime. Yeah, you had you had a ripe Jamie Moyer. Let's Derek see. Lowe. Derek Lowe. When, like, how young Bob was Walcott? Derek Lowe in this? Bob oh Walcott. yeah, Derek Lowe was a rookie that year. You have uh, Randy Johnson. Got the Mike unit on that team. And he had famous picking, pitching coach Mike Maddox. Mike Maddox. Jeff Facero, for some reason. I remember Jeff Facero. <laughs> oh, my God. This is, this is great. I love going deep dives with just random, random years of random teams. This is you great. You remember Omar Olivares? He was on the Mariners, too. He was with the Rockies for a little bit. Yeah, he, he had a cup of coffee with them. Let's yeah. See, like, yeah, Bob, Bob Walcott. I, I, Dennis yeah. Martinez. Nicknamed El Presidente. Oh, oh man, he's a Omar, Omar Alvarez. Players on this team. 
They had a good bullpen with Heathcliff Slocum and Mike Timlin. <laughs> this is Mike Timlin was good. Yeah, Mike Timlin. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is great. I mean, j- I I love this. I think we Solomon need to do Torres. this. Torres. I think this is what we need to do. If we don't have like a like a situation, we just we just look up random teams. <laughs> like I said, I just like I said, I was like, okay, I remember John Smiley with the Reds. Apparently, he was like the wins leader in baseball that year. Or in 91. Yeah. Well, they, they lost 3-1 in the uh, division round against the uh, Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's look at the 1997 world champion Florida Marlins. You know what? That's actually a really, really good team. I mean, it is one of the most surprising teams of all time. They sneak in as a wild card. Like, somehow go 92 and 70. Yeah, they sweep. Yeah, they sweep the they sweep the uh, San Francisco Giants. They win four two against the Braves, and then obviously won Game Seven against the against the uh, yeah against the Cleveland Indians. Have you looked at their team yet? I have. Okay. This is I want I, I want to do like maybe one of these teams like pull up like a random team from '97 and then maybe see how many people on that team we can guess. But let's let's do the let's do the Mariner or the Marlins first. I mean, obviously you have Edgar Renteria, Craig Council. Like, I mean, this is a stacked infield. You have Luis Castillo, Jeff Conine, Bobby Jeff Co- Bonilla, who still is going to make more money this year than I ever will. Yeah, you have Edgar Renteria as well. Yeah, I said Edgar Renteria. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then you have Gary Sheffield at right field. I mean, it's just like man, yeah. like and you have Charles Johnson. And he had Charles Johnson, who again had a had a cup of coffee with the Rockies. Yeah, Charles as well. Johnson. Moise Salou somehow ended up on this team. Greg Zahn. There you go. That's a great oh man, I forgot about Greg Zahn. Kurt Abbott, didn't Kurt Abbott have like a cup of coffee with the Rockies too? I'm looking at it right now. I wouldn't be shocked. He did. He did have a cup of coffee with the Rockies. Oh my goodness! Like right after this, so that I mean, you yeah. have a good pitching staff too. You got Kevin Brown. They deal for Rick Helling, uh, Levon Hernandez, Al Leiter. That's a good bullpen, or that's a good starting rotation. And that's the reason why they won the World Series, right there. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, that's the reason why they won the World Series. They had really strong pitching, and then a really good bullpen too. And then they have the young guns with Clip Floyd and Mark Kotze, who ended up being like the core of their team moving forward. Ah, oh, man, Clip Floyd. Oh man, Mark. Yeah, Mark Kotze. Jeez. They had a guy called Josh Booty. B o t t y. Booty. Booty. <laughs> He's a booty man. <laughs> booty man. Booty man. Oh, but yeah. Oh, oh, they had Levon Hernandez too. Yeah, I think I mentioned him. Jeez. Wait, he went on to play pro football after this, your boy Booty. <laughs> Josh Booty? Yeah. I guess, what? like, he re-enrolled in college, went to LSU to play football after that, <laughs> and then somehow, like, ended up on, like, the practice squad for, like, the Seahawks, the Browns, and the Raiders. Damn, man. That... Josh Booty. Man, they had a really <laughs> – 
it's not it's when you're looking back at it it's not shocking that they that they won the world series i mean they have a, they have a they really, have a good, really good pitching staff they have a really good pitching staff and they have really good hitters too yeah i mean they have enough like clutch hitters kevin brown alex fernandez al Leiter, and then they call up leave on hernandez mid-season that's that's like a damn good team that is a damn good team i mean it's just really it's just really they played it they played in the NL East during the during like the Braves heyday really I mean right. this 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 team has a this team really had like a make it of maybe being like a you know be, being a division winner it's just really just a shame that they played against the NL East during the yep. heyday of the of the Braves they really of the, did of the mid to late 90s all right just to finish off the deep dive and we can talk more 1997 baseball after this but I want to see how many people on the 1997 Montreal Expos can you name? Tough team. <laughs> I could go easier if you want me to. It, no. Yeah. Is Pedro on that team? Is, Mar- is Pedro, Pedro is on that team. Yep. Hey, I got one. <laughs> Is Vlad on that team? Vlad is on that team. Yep. Hey, I got two. Those are probably the only two people I know from the from that from that era of the Expos. <laughs> but I got two. Come on, you got to give me credit yep. for that. Yep, you got two. That's pretty solid. <laughs> you forgot oh about former Rocky Mike Lansing. <laughs> okay, that was before he came to the Rockies. Yep. At shortstop, you got Mark Grezelonic. Great name. <laughs> Backing up, uh, actually, this is a, this is a great. This is like one of the best name teams you'll find. At first base, you got David Segui. Okay. Doug Strange is on this team. Andy Stankowitz. <laughs> And then backing up Mike Lansing, you have a young Jose Vidro. Okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, no world beaters, but. No. I mean, you also have Orlando Cabrera, who's going to come up, who's going to start being good in a couple of years. Shane Andrews. And then one guy I always liked, the guy who ran into the wall, Rondell White. Oh, okay. Can I guess their record? Let's see. What what do you think their record is? They went 69 and 93. Nope. They went 78 and 84, finishing in fourth place in the division. Wow. They did a lot better than I expected. Wow. I thought yeah, they, apparently I thought the they Phillies were the worst team in the division that year. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God, was Schilling on that team? The 97 Phillies? Yes. Look them up, and then I'll see how many I can guess from them. All right, (laughs) we're doing that. Yeah, and then that, you know. (laughs) I mean, you kind of gave me the tip off with Schilling. Guess who who the manager was? Larry Boa? No. He Uh, He won a World Series with, he won a World Series, but not with this team. As a manager. Damn. 
Who would it have been? Terry Francona was the manager. Really? Terry Francona? I don't know why I didn't think his managerial career had started that early. Wow. Let's see. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll give you one with uh I'll give you one with Schilling. Schilling, yep. Yep. Let's see. They would would they have had uh, Rico Bronia? You're right. They had Rico. Rico Bronia. Mickey Moore Mike Mickey Morandini. Is he on there? Yep, he's on there. He would have been at second base. I don't think Jimmy Rollins had started yet. Nope. Who was their shortstop? Uh, let's see. Is Greg Jeffries on that team? Yes, Greg Jeffries. Kevin Stalker? Yes, he was the shortstop. Nice. What about Ron Gant? Is he there? Ron Gant. Uh, I'm not seeing him. Oh, wait, Scott Rowland would have been a third, though. You're right, yes. I was going to get you on that. You have a young Scott Rowland. Um, let's see. I think it's before Abreu's out and right. Yeah, this is before Abreu. Oh, Doug Landle. Is Doug Landle in center? Nope. Really? Hmm. Uh, Midry Cummings was, uh, was uh, the center fielder. Okay. Let's see if I can name a pitcher that they had besides Schilling. That would be the tough part, right? Right. <laughs> Who would they have had besides Schilling back in that day? Damn. I don't know that I can name another pitcher that they had besides Schilling. <laughs> All right, I'm, qu- I'm giving up. It's the best I can do. All right, uh, they had uh, Mark Leiter. Oh, Mark Leiter. Matt Beach, Garrett Stevenson, Tyler Green, and then Calvin Maduro. Okay, no wonder I didn't get any of those guys. Yeah. They did have uh, uh, their oh, future Oh, and G- Mike Lieberthal, a catcher. Shit, I should have gotten him. <laughs> yeah, they they had a, a uh, they had their their uh, their GM of their heyday, Ruben Amaro, was, uh, was on the team. Oh, wow. I think I have his baseball card somewhere. <laughs> oh gee, yeah they went uh yeah they went uh 60 68 and 94 yeah oh yeah desi relliford forgot about him boy hey, oof, they... yeah it's not that good of a team yeah <laughs> it's not not that very good <laughs> yep they, they, see this is why people come to for this podcast <laughs> for, the, yep. for 90, 1997 baseball <laughs> 97 baseball <laughs> all right that was, a, that was our random deep dive into 97 baseball we'll talk we'll talk about football next week yeah <laughs> oh yeah and then pull out some maybe maybe some favorites from back then yeah well, well yeah we'll probably yeah we'll do we'll do a deep dive on the 1997 nfl well obviously Bro- broncos win the championship but we'll, we'll talk about some other teams absolutely we'll look at that <laughs> Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for joining us here on this episode of the SP Bushy Show. Be sure to listen to us on Spotify, watch us on YouTube, follow along with us on Twitter at SP Bushy, and thank you again for watching. Stay safe out there. All right. Thank you. Peace. Thank you for listening to the SP and Bushy Show. This podcast was created by Sean Pooley and Stephen Bush. Intro was created by Zach Demos. For more content, please visit our Twitter at SP Bushy and our YouTube page at Sean Pooley. 
We thank you again for listening. Thank you.